This is the Horse Radio Network. If only we could all be like the Queen of England and spend our quarantine period riding horses every day. This week, we're discussing what horse shows will look like in the aftertimes. And by that, we mean after Corona times. And we'll get some tips on how an equestrian entrepreneur is staying busy despite the state of the world right now. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to Happy, Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Ellie Wozniaka. Welcome to episode 69 of Heels Down Happy Hour. How are you guys? Hey guys. I'm good. You uh, surviving? Yeah, weather's been beautiful, so like can't complain. Like we've been riding, getting back into the swing of things, and honestly, like just kind of enjoying the new weird normal. Yeah, I really can't complain either. Though I do miss talking to you guys. I feel like it, I know it goes too long. You know. <laughs> yes, I miss you too. Oh, but by the way, Ellie. So from the trunk show last week, if you guys haven't been attending our zooms, they're super fun. Ellie, I'm obsessed with your knitted horses. Little hat. I like your hat too, I saw. You're so how did you <laughs> learn how to do that? It's so cute. So my grandmother taught me how to knit when I was like a kid. So I've always been kind of like the weird grandma child who was just like over in the corner, everybody's playing video games, and I'm like <laughs> knitting a sweater. <laughs> so yeah, it just kind of happened. And then I wanted to kind of make you know things that were custom for people because I always used to get frustrated when I'd go to buy like you know something for a friend or for myself I'm like none of these horses look exactly right you know like it's got too much markings or too little markings or so that's kind of how it came to be but basically it's just a reason for me to like do nothing and sit on my butt and watch Netflix. And Matt will be like, well, how come we can't go mow the grass or weed whack? I'm like, I got to work on this. So <laughs> I'm working go. on this. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is awesome. So this episode is brought to you by Eco Gold. You all know by now that we are huge fans of Eco Gold and we love Eco Gold because their products actually help protect your horse's back they make the hardest working pads out there. You can shop for any style you want by going to ecogold.ca. So guys, I have a Harry Potter inspired drink this week, nice. which is actually really apt because since Matt's been working from home, he's been like trying to get me to binge watch Harry Potter. And I don't know why it's suddenly become a topic of conversation, but so that is <laughs> where the drink comes from this week. It is one ounce butterscotch schnapps, one ounce vanilla vodka, six ounces cream soda, garnished with whipped cream, butterscotch syrup, and butterscotch whipped cream. So you're going to add all the ingredients into like a frosty mug. You're going to top with a generous dollop of whipped cream, or in my case, three, and butterscotch drizzled on top, uh, the syrup. And then you top again with the butterscotch whipped cream. So the butterscotch and whipped cream in a heavy mixing bowl, you're going to come in order to make the butterscotch whipped cream, you're going to combine the whipped cream and the butterscotch syrup. And you're kind of make like a Sunday topping till it like forms the peaks. Um, and then you have Harry Potter butterbeer. That sounds awesome. Wow. 
It so sounds like dessert, and that's really all that matters. So I went to Universal in the before Corona times, like earlier this year. And a friend of mine who works with me is like a big Harry Potter person. And I guess they're they're like cool things to know if you go to Universal. Like if you ask employees certain like specific things, you know, like very nerdy Harry Potter things, they like respond a certain way. And in the bar, you can order like very interesting Harry Potter adult like beverages in Hogsmeade or whatever in the Harry Potter land. And so I followed her advice and got all these like super fun, cool Harry Potter cocktails. And this reminds me of one of them. Like you can get fun, like actual real adult drinks there if you know how to ask for them. So exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys ever go, I've got the hookup and I can (laughs) share the secret details. (laughs) Yeah. That'll be your, uh, your wizardry. You'll help us. To find the best drink to get in I think there. good superpower. I mean, I you're gonna what... you're gonna wait in line for two hours to ride a ride, so might as well bring a, an adult beverage. Yeah, how else would you pass the time? Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have some like kind of sad news with this whole thing. So they have decided to cancel the 2021 European Championships in the jumping, and I think that's kind of a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I understand that like they're worried about, you know, not being able to have enough to get prepared for it and everything else. And now that Tokyo is pushed to 2021, but there's just a lot of uncertainty that like even Tokyo is going to go. So, you know, because maybe Tokyo doesn't go, but the Europeans could have gone. I think that's kind of sad for a lot of, you know, people that have been working hard. There might be now no championships in Europe next year. So I think that that's kind of pretty sad and they kind of had like a interviewed some people and all this because like basically what the fei they decided that they've decided to call it off but with it being so far out there's a lot of chef to keeps and riders that are like we should have plenty of time to do an alternate plan like why are we now canceling it and so it was pretty interesting to like kind of read about what these riders and coaches and everybody else are saying about it and one of the biggest ones was like they're saying look this is hurting the younger people of our sport. These aren't just senior riders, like it is a senior championship, but maybe with Tokyo, you know, now with the Olympics, there's only three riders. Now you could have had an additional couple riders going, you know, maybe use the same, but like you could also have additional riders and use it as like a platform to like step up for the future. And so it's kind of hurting the youth of the sport because they don't get that now. Like they've now taken away one championship. So I'm hoping that the FEI doesn't kind of fall into place doing that with a lot of the other championships so we'll have to stay tuned but it kind of does suck it definitely sucks yeah and I, I think you bring up a good point like okay yes we had to postpone the olympics right but to get rid of this entire championship i mean people prepare for so long to get to that point right i feel yeah and i feel like you're right there's enough time to try to figure out a schedule that works for all events right i'm i mean it's just a bummer for a lot of people Yeah. I mean, and I think too, like, you know, think about the people who have the older horses that this was their last year to kind of, you Mm -hmm. know, cap off the career. I mean, they don't get that time back, you know? So that's really sad. Kind of sad on all accounts, but Ellie, you have some way better news that I can't wait to hear about. I do. The queen of England is always here to boost my spirits. (laughs) So (laughs) She does it just for you. 
I'm I sure. actually, yeah, totally. We talked about it. I mean, we've been Skyping since uh, <laughs> the quarantine. Zoom calls. Zoom yeah. calls. <laughs> I have to tell her all the time. The video's not on. you got to connect to audio. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, so she is spending her quarantine time riding horses every day, which is, I think, the dream for all of us, you know, who I, I unfortunately still have to, like, go to work. So I you know, have my horses in my backyard, but don't get to actually ride every day. But she is out there, you know, 94 and still kicking. And she, uh, you know, she says she's hanging out with her husband and having a, you know, some quality time there. And I think people were worried too, that she was like, you know, not going to start coming back in public or out in public after, after COVID times. But there's like no indication of that. She's like ready to get back to work and come back stronger because she's a boss because she's the queen of England and like the coolest old lady. So that is my news. <laughs> it's a good one. What about you, Justine? So, so mine is good news too. The USHJA has launched a feed aid and feed like horse feed and this a new initiative is meant to help people uh, horse barns and people who are affected by COVID-19. So if you're having a hard time meeting all your feed costs to feed all the horses in the barn, this initiative is meant to help those people who are suffering financially to still feed the horses and kind of get you through this this tough time. So you can either participate as a feed provider or you can apply for aid through USHJA yourself. Um, and then there's also an opportunity just to, to help. If you want to um, donate, uh, the USHGA will match in some donations, which I think is great. You know, we're seeing a lot of these headlines and these stories from, you know, the racing community to the hunter-jumper community all over where people, they can't give lessons right now. The horses aren't working. And as we all know, just the cost to feed the animals can be pretty high, right? So this is just a great initiative to help people who might need a little bit of extra help just to get them through these next couple of weeks. So if you want to learn more about it, you can go to uh, the USHJA website, which is ushja.org. And again, look for the USHJA feed aid and aid AID for more information. And if you love Hillstone Happy Hour, if you love our podcast, we'd really love it if you could donate to our Patreon account. We appreciate everybody who contributes each month, whether you can donate a dollar or anything more than that. Any little bit helps keeps this show on the air. We love being part of the Horse Radio Network. And I, I know we've decreased our frequency for now, but we really hope to get that back up to our usual two episodes a month. You can help us by donating by going to patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and searching for Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast. Thank you. All right, guys. So I know we're trying to go to the store less, right? That's the feed store, the tax store, the grocery store, if any of those things are even open around you. But do you have products that you're hoarding right now? I want I figured I'd ask like what are you hoarding to like help with your horse right now? So for us we've decided yeah it's been a strange thing so I went to the grocery store probably like every other day before this which I know people probably think that's crazy but I don't mind going to the grocery store like I kind of find it like almost therapeutic in a weird way so I like going and just 
you know, making sure I get all my stuff. And I also like never was really big at putting things in the freezer. Like I didn't, I know this sounds weird, but I really didn't know how to like utilize it well. And so this whole Corona thing is like, obviously like taking us like a whole toll. So we don't go to the grocery store. I have to like, you know, call it in. So I order online and pick it up once a week type thing. And so same with the feed store, our feed stores are open, but you call in your orders and then we order online. So with other things we need. So we've been order like been really good about is getting grain, like almost in like, so we like stocked up a little bit, not to overdo the feed stores because you don't want to go in and buy 50 bags and then nobody else can get it. So I slowly would order like a couple at a time when it first happened. So it now has like if I don't get because of weather or whatever else, I don't get to the store. We're good for like an extra day. I used to go every Monday to the feed store. Now I go like on a Monday, Wednesday, whatever works for us. So I always get just like one extra bag of grain to make sure we have it. If I don't get to go on that next week, cause I used to buy it on every time was the week and it was the same thing. Now I'm doing a little bit like one bag extra for our you know, 25, 30 horses. And then the other thing is we use a lot of like rubbing alcohol and a lot of people like went crazy with rubbing alcohol and witch hazel and stuff because they, and iodine, I needed iodine and couldn't find it. So I've been like, we thankfully have had it. So we've had to like use everything more sparingly, like not even, we're not hoarding it. We're just not using it very much. We used to use like, you know, this spray that we all talk about that Courtney has, we've had to like use that a lot less, which is kind of weird and fly spray. Like I've bought that in bulk cause I can't like go pick it up. So like I bought them in like four gallons of them. And then the craziest one was Hudson is obsessed with applesauce right now, but he only likes one particular kind, one particular, it can't be apple banana. It can't be apple cinnamon. It has to be plain apple. <laughs> and it's made in the U S and everything else. But then Doug read on it that the apples actually mostly come from France. So he had a nervous panic attack and bought $100 worth of applesauce from Amazon. Oh my, are brand. you serious? Wow. <laughs> no, no, it gets way worse. Can I just tell you how bad it got? So then he then has been eating it more because we have more supply. So then we ran out of it faster. So then Doug ordered another one on Amazon in the hundred box. I mean, like this thing is huge. I mean, the box is massive. And so we've been hoarding applesauce, but at the same time going through twice the supply of it. And Doug got cut off Amazon the other day. He bought his allotment of applesauce. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is I didn't so even know that funny. was a thing. Neither did we. But apparently when you buy $200 worth of applesauce in a month and a half period, they're like, that's enough for you, sir. So... <laughs> We had to get our, we quarantined our friends with, or we quarantined ourselves with our neighbors because they have two kids and everything. We had to get them to Amazon the applesauce because God forbid we can't run out. So they had to do it. We had to Venmo them money. Oh my God. That is so funny. <laughs> I hope when Hudson is a grown up, you tell this story to like his first girlfriend. Yeah, he ate so much applesauce. We thought so he much. was going to turn into apples and cheese. That's all. I mean, <laughs> he eats so much apple and cheese. We're like, that's what you're going to turn into. Don't worry, dude. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right, Ellie, do you have a story to top that? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can top that. But so my thing is, I've kind of always been a freaky hoarder. Like, I always have at least three months extra 
of everything just to like, make sure. Like, what do you sure. mean? Like, so, extra like, what? <laughs> grain, cat food, cat litter. What? Like, because. That's a lot. Three months is a lot. Because I'm Where afraid. Where do you store it? Oh, I have a big house. It's a redneck mansion. It's like, uh, <laughs> no, really. It's like, for I don't know why they built this house so big. So it was like a basic, like, custom, like, uh, manufactured home, right? Like one of the, you know, you drive in and they, they deliver on trucks. Okay. And then the first owner's built on one side of it. And then the other side. So it's just a really long, just keep adding on. ugly house. So, yes. Yeah, so that's, so I have lots of spare bedrooms. So I have... I have my stock. So oh my I guess, I guess Matt and I are kind of preppers. Like we were, we were like preparing for this. Like when it first happened, we bought a huge generator. We were like, we'll what? be okay. Yeah. I was scared. Okay. So, um, from coronavirus? A- yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're like me. I'm like, from what? The apocalypse? <laughs> well, okay. I thought it would be an apocalypse. I was like, if they shut down our internet, we're all going to go, like, we're going to be crazy. Like, there are going to be crazy people trying to steal our food. So, I didn't I didn't know what would happen, so I prepared. But, well, well too, like, I'm I have the exact MS, opposite right? of you. So, I, like, I, I literally go down to, like, <laughs> we have no dog food left. And I'm like, I have to go to the store tomorrow. Like, we have no dog food. I've got to go get it tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. I do the auto ship. For for Chewy, I just Wait, Jess, you say that, but you have like a hundred pounds of applesauce. No, yeah. the only thing that is going to survive is applesauce. Everything else, like I'm, I mean, nothing, nothing else is going to survive except for the applesauce. Uh, you so guys are I, funny. I don't think other than like, I mean, like feed for everybody. I guess I've been hoarding. But in terms of like horse products, I bought a lot of Thrushbuster because for some reason I was afraid that like they wouldn't ship that and it's mud season. So I was like, this is still got to be put on the horse's feet, whether or not it's the apocalypse. Um, so that and uh, a generator. <laughs> I don't know if that counts as hoarding, but I didn't get any more cats, though. I, I said, wow, gonna, I'm actually really impressed. Those. You guys Matt are funny. Friend, what do you hoard? Yeah, I mean, you hoard? Maybe, maybe it made me feel better about myself. Oh my gosh. Maybe it's just because I'm from Florida. So, and now we're essentially about to be in hurricane season. So, you know, I'm used to like having supplies for the hurricane, which basically is like, how can you survive if you have no power? So we're already like, we have stockpiled water supplies and like canned goods, that kind of stuff. So I didn't, I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't really buy anything because like, worried about coronavirus my dad owns restaurants and he's a crazy hoarder person so he like he has more toilet paper i can't even like i should take a picture of it it's crazy he has so much toilet paper he's one of those crazy people but he's not buying it from the grocery store he's buying it like as a wholesaler suppliers yeah Yeah. so he's selling it at his restaurant like if you come in and buy a pizza You could tack on a dollar and take home a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a good business plan. I yeah. know. I I thought that was nice, you know, like, cause he's just, he's not making any money on it, but he's selling no. it at cost, you know, like, Hey, he's helping other find people toilet out. paper. Yeah. yeah. Here, take some home. So he, he, you still can't find toilet paper on the shelves here. I know. Right. That and Lysol. So he came over yeah. a couple, you know, like a couple weeks ago and brought me more toilet paper than I think my husband and I could use in six months. So we've got plenty of that. 
But for horse-wise, you know, the only thing I've noticed, like, that that affects my horse that I buy is, like, old people supplies or baby supplies. So, like, diaper or ash beer. cream. <laughs> yeah. Beer's been okay. I haven't had trouble finding beer. Um, <laughs> but, like, diaper That's- ash cream for scratches and stuff as we get into the wet season, I, I bought a lot of that just because it's harder to find on the shelves right now. And then fiber like old people fiber you know i use that as like a like a sand clear Uh, and grass is so sandy we use that as like a sand treatment Mm. so i buy like the old people fiber stuff so that's literally the only two things i think i've stockpiled where wherever i see it if it's on the shelf at my grocery store like walgreens i'll always buy an extra one because i know i'll use it eventually so you know what else i've noticed has been like missing is I've got a lot of horses with allergies and I put them on Benadryl and yeah. it took me the longest time to find Benadryl and like, they upriced it on oh, really? Amazon. It was crazy. All allergy medicine. I noticed that with Mucinex, Zyrtec, all that. It's been hard to find because huh. I, I live on that stuff this time of year and it's been hard for me to find like personally for me. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. Maybe everybody's going to turn into a prepper after times. Right. Maybe. I will help you guys. I will give you some tips and tricks. Oh my gosh. A classic style updated with tech fabric. EIS's new Johnny Cool shirts will keep you cool on the hottest days. These short sleeve shirts are coming out soon in white, navy, ocean teal, and sorbet. Pre-order at eis-wear.com. Okay, everybody, we have a really exciting guest on the show with us this week. Bethany Lee started My Equestrian Style in 2017 with her camera and just her everyday riding clothes. Bethany was also part of our Bloggers Week campaign last year. If you guys have been reading HeelsDownMag.com and also the Heels Down Brief, it's great to have you on the podcast, Bethany. And I know that you also have your own podcast, the Equestrian Podcast. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I am so pumped to be here. So to start out, Bethany, we wanted to know, could you just tell us a little bit how you, you know, just how your brand has evolved from being a fashion Instagram account to podcasting? And we're really excited to learn more about the equestrian workshop too. Yeah, well, listen, it has been a whirlwind for sure. And it's definitely not something I necessarily, I guess, looking back planned for exactly, but I am so happy with where it's gone and kind of all the pivots we've made throughout the past few years. And so it's really just started out. My husband and I were wedding photographers when we were living in Los Angeles. And just a little side gig for anyone who lives in LA will be able to resonate with, you know, just trying to pay rent. (laughs) So doing that and really love photography. We're super stressed out as wedding photographers, but we loved the idea of photography and, and all the gear and equipment we had. Um, and so I did that on the side and then also had a training job at a barn in Calabasas. So when we ended up moving to Florida, I kind of lost my creative outlet. I, we weren't really doing photography anymore. And um, I started a new training job. And yeah, I just really was trying to find a way to 
be able to take pictures and, and do, do something creative. My mom, I always tell a story. My mom would find me like in the middle of my closet when I was five with like seven layers of outfits on at any given time. So I've just always been into the, the fashion scene. So I was looking on Instagram, trying to find, you know, a, I guess like a creative outlet or something to do. And I was like, you know, I'm always in riding breeches. I'm always riding, always in riding clothes. And so I drug my husband to the barn one day and I was like, just take pictures in a couple of these riding outfits for me. And so he, t- so he took pictures of me wearing like six different outfits that I already had um, at home. And it kind of just went from there. Um, at the time, there were maybe like one or two other people that were, you know, posting equestrian type pictures uh, that were fashion related on Instagram. And so my equestrian style was born like that. And it has grown so much. I I've met so many amazing people. um, And when I was talking to different connections individually, we'd always come up with these, you know, really cool talking points that I was always like, man, I wish that we like more people talked about this stuff, uh, kind of within the equestrian realm. And so that kind of brought on the equestrian podcast, uh, which I launched January 2019. I just talked about areas of the industry that aren't normally talked about. So that's been super fun, too. And then it just kind of took a step further would hear from from different uh, people in my community looking to do something similar to what I'm doing, whether it's uh, podcasting or being a, an influencer and, and kind of, you know, navigating that realm as well as other equestrian businesses. So my friend Leah from Dapple Bay and I decided to start Equestrian Workshop, which is both now an online and an in-person workshop uh, for different female equestrian entrepreneurs to uh, kind of narrow in on their business and you know, kind of create community along the way. And so that's been such a blast. We started that at the beginning of this year. So Bethany, what are some of the common mistakes you think equestrian entrepreneurs make as someone who's launched a successful business and have been able to pivot it in different directions? Are there certain, you know, when you're looking at other businesses online, are you, are you seeing some things that you could point out as, Hey, this is a great way that you could plan for the future. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that I often see or that we are trying to help navigate during equestrian workshop is a lot of stuff having to do with kind of storytelling and creating a brand on social media. I think we kind of get caught up in the content that we post and making sure or being stressed out over like, oh, is this what my people want to see? Will this give me the most likes? And you're like really getting hung up on that. When in reality of what I always tell my girls is to really Focus on aspects of your life that you are super passionate about and talk about that, more of your why behind um, what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you'll find that, you know, maybe some things people won't be a fan of, but they were probably not part of your community to begin with. So that's kind of the uh, message that we often have to um, teach our ladies that are involved in the workshop is to really develop your own voice and your own why. And that kind of attracts the community that you want um, in the long run. So with that, with the workshop, what do you kind of, what are some key factors I'd say like to you tell people to help build a successful business? Like with that workshop, what do you kind of, what are some of your key points that you try to, you know, tell some of your listeners and the people that join the workshop? Yeah. So yeah, a big part is that idea of like creating a brand and storytelling. That's one for sure. Another one, and this is something that my partner Leah is super good at because she's 
a big account director at a ad agency. And so she really talks about the importance of developing a good concrete marketing plan. So we kind of go through and, you know, individually curate a marketing plan for each lady, because something that we also try to really talk about is that it's not, it's never like a one size fits all situation. And each business and brand is so different that finding unique ways to get to your point A and B really um, do often uh, tend to be a different path for each person. So that's another one. And then finally, just a, a kind of another uh, offshoot of community, but between Leah and I, and, and again, the other ladies that came to our first in-person workshop, between the 16 of us in that room, we had so many connections. So really trying to, you know, hit home on the idea of how powerful community can be in the past year and a half that Leah and I have been working to get there, you know, just individually on each other's businesses and keeping each other accountable. We've grown so much. So that's kind of the idea that we really teach our other ladies is to find a group of peers that you really connect with and really have, you know, similar goals and then keep each other accountable and help each other out and um, find connections for each other um, to really, you know, make those things happen. So that's been, you know, three of the, the big avenues that we try to touch on during the workshop. So how are equestrian entrepreneurs weathering this coronavirus pandemic? Like, how has your own business been affected? I mean, you talk about community, and I imagine that's super important now since so many people are lacking those kind of connections. Totally, yeah. And again, like, totally varies per person. Um, my, uh, you know, community and and the idea of um, what to talk to my community about over social media has definitely shifted, and, and it's something that, I wanted to try to offer as much help, as much, you know, free stuff and fun stuff. And, you know, some, some people came for a distraction. Some people wanted real talk. So kind of navigating what that looked like um, based on my community. I did a lot of like polls and questions and, and had people give me feedback um, just to make sure that I was doing the best for my community personally. Um, uh, on the podcast standpoint, which I'm sure you ladies also experienced, um, a lot of the guests who I've been wanting to come on the podcast that, you know, especially athletes who are crazy busy with show schedules, were finally free to do an interview. So I actually had a huge surplus of recorded episodes. So that was really fun to knock out a whole bunch of episodes for that. But I really, oh my gosh, like I feel like it varied so much for, and then even within the actual pandemic, there seemed to be waves of um, even just like online shopping, I think for a minute. Uh, people were, uh, you know, that was definitely seeing a decrease and then, you know, just kind of pivoting and shifting and, and, and using your products and services as a way to help others during this time, um, I think actually ended up being a positive for some businesses. So it was kind of interesting to see all the different shifts and changes. So do you think that most of the shopping like you're talking about is going to go to online or you think we'll still see people in retail or you think people are adapting to their business because of this and you think it's going to be permanent or what do you kind of think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to say, but if I had to guess, I would say most people are trying to get really creative with their online presence and building that platform more mm -hmm. um, just because I think, I mean, 
I feel like literally, and I mean, I think this goes the same for horse shows and stuff. We are about to like dip our toe in the idea of doing some shows in June, but it's like, we don't know when there's going to be a show again. We don't know if all of a sudden it's going to be like, never mind, that was not a good idea, like close up shop. So I think um, brands have been kind of feeling the same way to really spend a lot of their time on their their online presence and their online shops because of that huge unknown. No, I think 100% that's it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad you could come on and tell our listeners where they can kind of find you, um, your website and everything else where we can follow you and everything. Yeah, of course. So I'm over at myequestrianstyle.com and that's my Instagram as well. Otherwise, equestrianpodcast.com, equestrian podcast, and then equestrianworkshop or equestrianworkshop.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. It was so much fun, girls. Have a great rest of your call. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. What colors will you pick? Smart Packs Piper Breeches lets you show off your style in the schooling ring. See all the new colors Smart Pack has to offer by going to smartpackequine.com. All right, guys, I feel like we can't not have a coronavirus quarantine episode without talking about what horse shows are going to look like in the future. So I actually I actually went to a horse show over the weekend, but I'm just curious. I wanted to talk talk to you guys about it. Like, do you feel like they're going to suck with all these social distancing policies with some of the restrictions USCF want to put in place? I don't know. What do you think? There, You know, all these different conversations are happening and I'm just curious. So just. How are you and Doug kind of planning your schedule or can you plan your schedule yet? So we talk a lot of ifs, like what if school starts for the kids in the fall? What if we go to this or show type thing? But so mainly we have kind of a tentative sort of schedule. But what we're really doing is, is like focusing the first couple ones, we haven't gone to a horse show yet, but there's some schooling shows that are starting to pick up. And then there's, so the first week of June is a schooling show we're going to go to in Aiken. And then it's followed by two full weeks of like A-rated shows with Bob Bell and Classic Company. He puts on a great horse show and he's bringing it to Bruce's Field here in Aiken. So we're thrilled about that one. He puts on a great event. It's like one of our favorite events he does in Charleston. So we're not doing that this year. We're going to stay and do the Aiken one in June. And it's going to be interesting. Like he's already posted, you know, they're waiting to get the final okay from the town. It's sounding like it's going to pass and it should most of Aiken's open, but for us, we decided to do June. Not only is it a great show and at a great facility, we also decided why not stay close to home and kind of see what it's going to be like. Because with our kids and with everybody else, like we have been very much taking this whole thing seriously. Like we don't go anywhere, like we talked about earlier, but we also don't really see anybody. We don't let people in the house. We have our one group of, and when I mean group, it's a husband, wife with their two kids are our quarantine friends. <laughs> He's a Grand Prix show jumper and they have a three month old child. So that's the only people we've seen like during this whole quarantine mess. But we, um, we're all going to just stay here and see how it runs with the horse show. And we're actually 
planning on not bringing our children to the show. We've got our babysitters staying at home with the kids. And basically, we're going to play it by ear and see how it works because they have, you know, a new waiver you have to sign for the USEF and for Classic Company itself. Everything is going to be online. The secretaries have been amazing dealing with, like, you know, they're like, okay, we're going to email you your bill on Saturday night. And, you know, do you want your whole customer's bills? And I was like, yes, like, make it easy for you guys. I can do it all. And everything's going to be, you know, I'm going to Saturday night, look through everything, check out Saturday night, and then they'll run the credit card Sunday morning. So it's going to be a, a new normal for sure, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think you know, everybody hates waiting in line at the jumper shows to check out on Sunday. It's usually like a long line out the door. So now all of that's going to be a lot less and a lot less hectic. So they've taken some precautions, like they're supposed to have sanitary things at all the jumps. You have to wear a mask while you're on the ground. So I think it's going to be interesting, but I think it's still every, everybody, you know, there's a big rider, they're all so competitive. So they're ready to get back into that nature. And I think it's going to be really good to get everybody feeling that way again. For sure. That's interesting. I mean, I think it'll just be interesting, like how things slowly start to roll out and how things, you know, maybe change over time. Yeah. So there's this, there's this horse show venue here by me called Foxley Farm. They host a, you know, a big rated circuit over the summer. So they're gearing up for that now. And it's funny. So this is something that they they posted on their Facebook just like I know this exactly last week. what you're about to talk about. And I am all for that, by the way. So they're, they're, they're calling it tribe toilets. And to help promote <laughs> social distancing, they're going to let barns have their own, like barns can basically order their own private porta potty. So say like me and my whole barn went to the horse show, we could order our own porta potty that is designated just for our barn. Obviously, you pay for it, and they're clean daily. And but I, I just think that's a great idea. You know, like yeah. you pull money for a tax doll. Why wouldn't like I would feel a lot better pulling money for my own porta potty. You know, I think you, this should be a thing even before Corona times. This should have right? been a thing. But that's I mean, all these things that like we're learning from Corona, it's going to be better in the end. And I think that I was telling Doug about this the other day, and he's like, "What?" how are they going to bring porta potties? And I started explaining to him, he's like, this is a great idea. Like I, I think know, everybody right? should have their own port. Cause I don't want to go to, a, I hate going to our porta potty, but if it's a porta potty that's cleaned every day and it's just my 10 people or whatever, whoever makes it stink, I can yell at them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, seriously, <laughs> seriously. It's so gross when they're ex person. <laughs> not just oh gonna yell gosh. at the random guy that just oh, no. then you're just like oh that's so gross yeah at <laughs> least you can get fair warning because you know it's going to be one of your people so you're like hey might want to stay away from there for a couple hours oh my gosh <laughs> well so that's an option here in florida <laughs> i mean but what about what about you know so many horse shows especially in eventing rely on volunteers i mean just do you have any idea of how that's gonna work i think I mean, this is just my personal opinion and everything else, but I think that's going to be the hardest thing about shows getting back for eventing. I think there's a lot of shows that have a very 
you know, loyal volunteer base and they will get back going easily. Like that's it. But the ones that already struggle to get, you know, they have a once a year show or, you know, they're really struggling to get the volunteers. I think those are going to be the ones that get hit the hardest because it's very, I wouldn't say easy for a jumper show to get back going, but jumper shows go most of the time throughout a whole period of the whole year. They have staff, they can call people they're wanting to work because they're getting paid. They're not volunteers, but to have those shows that are once a year and they rely on just like people coming in, I think it's going to be hard to get those people to go, okay, look for once a year, I don't really feel I need to come out and be in front of all those people. And a lot of them are, you know, a little bit older too. And so it's like, no, I'm going to stay at home and be safe, which isn't a bad idea. But so I think it's going to, I think it is going to take a toll on a lot of events. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. So, so I just went to a schooling show over the weekend. Yeah, how did it go? It was interesting. So it wasn't the only schooling circuit that offered a show over the weekend. I could think of three in my area. Like we had options to go to. And then there are yeah. more this weekend. And I, you know, I think they're kind of testing the waters to see, you know, h- how realistic it will be for them to kind of do crowd control and all these other measures. And I will tell you, the horse show was packed. It was like every barn from like a much wider radius came to this horse show. I just think people are restless and they were excited to come to a horse show. But they took, you know, the the show organize, organizers took it very seriously. Like they spaced out stalls. So where they could have sold out stalls, I don't think they did because they, they spaced out barns on purpose. Um, they, you know, they banned spectators. So like you can't bring your mom and your husband and your, you know, and your dogs. So, like they were very serious about who was able to kind of set up a chair at the at ringside. And if anybody gathered too closely, like even other riders from my barn came up to like the ring to watch me ride. They had someone ask them to like disperse. Can you please oh, not wow. all gather together? Yep. They wouldn't let people come up to the ringside like steward stand. They had it all roped off. You weren't allowed to come under the enclosure. Everything was electronic when it came to like submitting your entries. They didn't want to pass paper around, which I thought was smart too. So they took it very seriously. I, you know, I was sort of impressed. I thought it would be kind of like something that was going to be hard to enforce, but they, they did a good job. So, you know, I'm hoping that will be the new normal, at least, you know, through these next couple months till we know what, you know, what horse shows are going to look like. But it's not like the schooling shows didn't have designated ride times or some of these other rules that the USCF have proposed, you know, and maybe for a rated show that makes more sense. But we didn't have any of that, you know, and the, the, the divisions were packed. Some of them they had to split flat classes. They had to split whole divisions because they had so many horses. Oh, wow. Yeah. People really wanted to go out. You could tell, you know, and I think now that you kind of have an idea of when rated shows are going to come back, people are like, yeah, I want to go to these schooling shows to get ready for the June 1st start of the real horse show season. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the show I'm talking about that we're going to is sold out by like stalls are completely sold out. They've been sold out wow. for weeks and yeah. And then, you know, they're having to put the stalls in place and you know, that there's going to be some guidelines that, that not everybody's packed on top of each other. But I think there's like at least a hundred people on the waiting list. Like it's a lot. Oh, wow. That is so, a lot. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. So they're like completely sold out because 
no one else can show. And Tryon is sold out for the first three weeks. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm not surprised. People are ready to get going. They're ready know? to get going. And there's not yeah. a lot of, I mean, their options are coming, but they're still compared to what the calendar year lo- usually looks like. It's very limited. You know, Kentucky already canceled their June show, the first couple of weeks of June. And so people are looking to go places. So I think it is completely really interesting. Awesome. And I'm glad to hear Justine that they took it seriously. Yeah. I'm worried about like closer to me, you know, where the smaller shows, if they're going to enforce anything at all. I mean, my town specifically, you know, everybody thinks it's kind of a, a government hoax. So it's an interesting time to be alive. But um, I'm just worried that people, I guess, won't take it seriously enough. And someone with, as someone with an autoimmune disease, you know, I, I make sure at work even that I'm like, you know, socially distanced, like get the heck out of my office, you know, but I'm just worried, I guess it's, it poor shows if people don't take it seriously once things do start to open up over here. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, there were other horse shows the same weekend that, you know, we made a decision to go to this schooling show because we, we thought this one would be the most responsible, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like we were, we know all the circuits here. And I was like, Oh, you know, we trusted these people and their messaging about it going into the horse show was, you know, they were very serious about, uh, you know, the, the, what they were putting in place for social distancing. So that's why we went, but you're right. I don't, I just wonder like as shows start gearing back up, will that fall to the wayside? Cause a lot of the stuff is hard to enforce, you know, like, and it, it's going to cost money to employ more people or more volunteers to be there. And I just, you know, it's, it's hard to know what the right answer is. And then you look at places yeah, like the world equestrian center announced that they're going to, clo- they're just going to close through well, the fall. Because yeah. Well, the, the world equestrian because it's indoors. Right. Right. In Ohio. Which yeah. is interesting. So do you think the whole indoor season will be, you know, will not happen then? I think that that was, I think you're going to see a lot just like these shows at state by state. Mm-hmm. And I think for a WEC, they could say, look, we're going to close it for the period of time and kind of plan for it because it's easier to plan to shut down than to last minute have hired so many people and so much stuff and put money into it than to have it get canceled. So I think for them, they're like, look, like we're just going to shut it down. Like, you know, the Robertsons are very responsible people. So it's like, look, like, let's just think ahead and be, this is going to be it. So I think, you know, they're looking ahead saying, look, we're just going to make sure until next year because of the indoors, you know, which is funny. You think indoors is going to survive everything because the weather. And now it's like, no one could have guessed this. Yeah, seriously. And what about the social aspect of shows? You know, we had an article that went up on heelsdownmag.com that kind of talked about this. You know, for me as an adult, Amy, you know, I, I love my barn and I love showing with my friends, but I'm also somebody who showed by myself for years, you know, so I feel like I could go either way, but maybe Ellie, I don't know how important it is to you you know, in your past to now with how you horse show when you do, you know, that social aspect of like being at a horse show with your barn is important, right? I mean, are you worried that coronavirus is going to change that? I think I'm just worried about, I mean, I don't think it's just horse shows even. It's just the social aspect in general. I think people are just really like having a hard time, or at least I know I am with just like, just social distancing in general, just like being able to really communicate with people 
outside of, you know, telecommuting. And also just like, you know, when you're at a horse show and someone does a really good job, you want to go up and you want to like, you know, pat their leg, you know, good job. Like that was a great run, you know? And it's just like, we have so many things like ingrained in our, just like how we communicate, I think as people and as equestrians that we can't, won't be able to do. And I think that that'll be, it'll be interesting to see how we're able to show the same support. You know what I mean? Definitely. We will see for sure. All right, guys, it's time for Rose and Thorn. Does someone want to go first? I can go first. All right. All right. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. Well, mine's pretty easy. So my Rose, or I'll do my Thorn first. My Thorn has been that it's been an adjustment trying to figure this out and, you know, missing the horse shows and missing you know, all that we had planned for, cause we missed, you know, Kentucky and Carolina and the fork, some of our favorite events. So that was really sad. And still, it's still getting used to that. Like, you know, there's still no Tokyo and there's still none of that. So I guess in general, just what we've been like the fear of missing out, like, right. That you've missed it. And everybody has, I guess that's like my biggest thorn, but at the same time, my rose is that with all this time we've, for the first time been at home healthy and everything else getting to spend time with our children. Like we never are home this long, like ever. And so it's always, you know, you have to get back at it. You have to do this. Well, no, everybody in the world's been on lockdown. So it's kind of been nice to take a deep breath and not feel guilty to spend time with our kids that, you know, we didn't have to take Abby to a horse show when she's two months old, three months old. We've been at home getting to like have all these fun times, even though sometimes, you know, it's a lot, but it's been, it's been fun. And it's been, it's been good that we've been able to stay and be a family and do something different because probably never going to do that. You know, not for a long time again, we'll be packed up, you know, showing starting in June. So it's been a nice kind of break from it. For sure. That is nice. I mean, you guys are on the road so much of the year. That is, you know, you, you kind of forget that, right? That you can like have a moment and just relax at home. That's going to yeah. be different for you. Yeah. I mean, it kind of took some adjusting or like stir crazy. And then you finally get okay with it. And you're like, wow, this is kind of nice. Like, you know, it's not reality. It's not something you get used to because we do love to travel and love to go. But we're on the road like 40 plus weeks a year. And now we've been, we, we're slated to be home March, April, May, each month being home no more than a week, like seven days total within the whole month. Most of it was we were going to be home two to three days in the entire month. And instead it's been, we haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> like we've been at home the whole time. So it's, it's good and bad, but we're just trying to like, you know, see the positive sides of it and taking the moments while we have them. What about you, Ellie? Well, I'm trying to think. So my rose, I think is that I don't want to say it out loud because I'm afraid that it'll bring on the rain. But no, is that, no, it's, no. It's starting to dry up and my my horse, Berkeley, is doing better now that I'm steaming his hay in terms of his breathing and stuff, which is a huge relief, especially after, you know, dropping a lot of money on a hay steamer. <laughs> so it's a little <laughs> bit of a relief. But I guess my, my thorn is that... <laughs> Matt and I have been arguing about the cats a lot. <laughs> so what that you have too many of them? Well, yes and no. So here's the thing. Matt, I, I told you he doesn't like cats, but Matt's like honestly afraid of cats. 
like he he's afraid of like being scratched by things so he does not like cats so <laughs> and like our our inside cats are like fine but one of them is the devil incarnate like she's insane and she's on my lap right now and i just kind of hope she doesn't bite me kind of thing but so he's kind of like the other day she kind of clawed him a little bit and so he she got scared clawed him <laughs> so he got- like it kind of happened <laughs> not fully but <laughs> no, it just sort of happened <laughs> well he got really like he got scared he he jumped and like threw his uh seltzer like up in the air because he got so scared and he was like does it cats going outside and so we've been trying well she has really bad allergies so we've been trying to kind of figure out how we can get her to like socialize with the barn cats and like get her to be an outside cat because we both think that if she's able to kill things, she might be more tolerable. <laughs> um, but she, maybe she's oh, got to no. kill things. So I guess that's going well, but it's also sad because she's she's my favorite. <laughs> oh she's... no! So we'll see. We'll, we're trying to figure out now. I guess if I'm going to have any inside cats which i like having inside cats because they are fun and they keep the mice away but so i guess cats are my thorn (laughs) jesus you and the cat saga (laughs) right it doesn't stop it never it never ends just when i think it's finally calm it's not and someone tried to get me to get their cat the other day like a cat with a deformity that'll probably need its leg amputated and like, I, I honestly, for a second, was like, oh, I can do this. I'm like, no, I can't. Am I insane? So good news is I have some kind of cap, some kind of limit, and I've reached it. But anyway, Justine, save us from the cats. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Let's see what's going on with me. So this is kind of a silly thing. That is my rose. So there is this service that uh, the business is called Stud Crud Busters. And it is exactly what it sounds like in that it is a woman who runs a professional sheath cleaning business. And she, she's been on the horse radio network before. I'm pretty sure she's been on Glenn's show and yet she drives all over Florida and she cleans sheaths, man. That's what she does. And, and she's amazing. And I've, I've always used her. It's like literally the best $30 I've ever spent. (laughs) She wants to do it for me. And so I had scheduled an appointment with her to come clean my gelding before coronavirus. Then coronavirus hit. And so obviously it's been a while. And and she just she just reached out to me yesterday and was like, I can come this week. And I'm like, I'm I'm very happy <laughs> that she can come. So that is my rose, is that my horse is gonna get his sheath cleaned and I don't have to do it. So <laughs> oh. You should look at her Facebook. What's the name again? Stud Crud Buster? Yep, Stud Crud Busters. Look up her Facebook page. She's amazing. She's super amazing. That is a a good business plan, is to do something that everyone hates. Because you'll have, yeah, people will be there for forever. Exactly. And it's, her prices are so good. You're like, yeah, most definitely. I'd rather pay you to do this than do it myself. And you should, yeah, look up her Facebook page. We actually wrote about her on heelsdownmag.com. So I will link a story about her too. Cause she's just, she's a great 
She's got a great personality for it. She's funny. You okay. have to be if you're going to be elbow deep in sheath pretty much every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, yep. you, it takes a special kind of person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So the first time she came out, I was telling, I don't remember what happened, but I had to, I just remember having to try to explain to my husband what she does and why I'm writing a check to stud crud busters. <laughs> Oh my gosh. She uses that? Oh no. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Can you just use your name? <laughs> yeah, it was my my husband was like, there are some horse things I just don't need to know. I don't need <laughs> to know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so I'm I'm excited to see her because she's a wonderful person <laughs> and does a great job. So that is my rose. Let's see, my thorn is that my greyhound, my dog Tiki. So she, greyhounds notoriously have terrible teeth. I don't know if you have dogs that have awful teeth, but her mouth smells like it's, you know, like it's rotting when she needs her teeth clean. Like she goes and gets it routinely done. And of course her appointment also fell in the middle of coronavirus and my vet has been taking it very seriously. So they canceled all non-essential procedures for a while, but her teeth deteriorate so fast. I've never had a dog in my life that has this kind of like, like it gets so bad so fast, you know? So I kept calling my poor vet. I'm like, they're a pain in the ass type person that keeps calling. And I'm like, okay, and can you see my dog as soon as possible? So finally they took my dog, but they were so serious about, um, coronavirus that like they met me in the parking lot and I had to have a mask and gloves on and I couldn't get out of the car and they took the dog out of the car themselves and then they had to call me on the phone during the exam to talk about it and then uh, you know what I mean like it was it's just so interesting how many different businesses have to make all of these adjustments right just to do normally what they always do and I'm very grateful for them even though I spent a small fortune on my dog's teeth <laughs> seriously a small fortune probably could have bought off track horse for the amount I just spent on her teeth, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but she's doing much better and I'm grateful for my vet, but you know, it's just, it's such a weird time, right? Everything is weird. Yeah. So. That's what my vet's doing too, is the, the come out to the car and like they FaceTime me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah strange. strange. Yeah. I have to go get like MRIs done at the end of the month and I'm interested to see how that will work you know like going into yeah. like just like I I'm kind of afraid to go into the hospital but it's like a different you know wing than like the emergency room and stuff so but I'll be interested to see like how like the waiting room is going to work like are they going to like put us all in like corners and have tape and stuff I don't know yeah it's a good question the hospitals here have taken seating out of their waiting room to make people space out and you have to get your temperature taken before you even walk in for any, you know, routine appointment. Oh, so wow. You'll have to let us know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right. So we do have a mailbag that I'm hoping you guys can help our listener, Victoria. So it's a little bit of a story here. So hang on as you listen. But Victoria says she was hired to be an exercise rider twice a week on a nice thoroughbred gelding. She loves working with him. He's a great horse. But where the horse is boarded, it's not a high-end stable. And there is a groom there that takes care of all the 20 horses on the property. He cleans and feeds all day. That's his job. But her problem is this guy, the groom, hates her. So she usually rides one day in the morning, early in the morning, and then one day late in the afternoon. 
And she does this because she she's working, so she has to rotate her schedule on when she can be there. So anyway, so she runs into problems with this groom because sometimes he will even chastise for her coming. So he'll he'll say like he'll refuse to move a horse that's loose out in the arena so she can ride. And it sounds like he's just kind of verbally mean to her. Um, and so the the person who hired her to ride the horse said that like she's welcome to come and ride anytime. That even though this this groom is telling her otherwise, she should be able to ride anytime she wants in the arena. So she's at a loss of what to do. She doesn't want to complain about the groom, but she says she comes in, she tacks up, she rides herself, she sweeps the aisle, she takes care of the horse. She never asks for any assistance from this groom, but she's tired of getting yelled at by him. So she just doesn't know what to do. And she says she either wants to tell him off or punch him in the face. So do you have any advice on how to help her (laughs) handle this working relationship with this groom? So my advice would be is talk to the girl that hired her or the employer like that saying you can ride at any time because ultimately I think it's her responsibility, not, not the rider. I think it's the employer's responsibility to go and talk to either the barn manager or the barn person and saying, look, like your main person is having problems. Like the groom hates her and like is causing all his problems. And she is, cause she should have all the privileges that any boarder gets or anybody else. And she's not getting treated the same. So I would definitely, my advice would be go to the employer that hired you and talk to her about it. Because I think that would be your best bet at getting something resolved without having it get nasty. Yeah, I agree. What do you, what do you think, Kelly? I think Jess has, has a better, better game plan I'm a really confrontational person, so I think just in general, I'm not the right person to answer this question because I would I would kind of just move the horse myself, put it in a stall, and tell him to shove it because I was hired to do this job, and this is what I'm going to do. If you don't like it, you can talk to my employer kind of thing. Um, but I think, you know, the biggest thing I think would be to have a conversation with the three of you, if that can be arranged, where the employer says, this is what is going to happen. And you are my, you are both my employees and you will do what I say kind of thing. Someone's got to put their foot down, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with both of you. I mean, that's definitely a really uncomfortable situation. I'm also confrontational. So I would, I would probably say something to the groom, like, what's your problem with me? Just to almost hey, like, what is, what's the problem? I'm here to ride this horse. What can I do to make this better? Because I feel like sometimes when you just confront people, that makes them off guard and then you have a real conversation. But I definitely agree that getting the owner of the horse involved is the right way to go. So hopefully that gets better for you, Victoria. And if you have a question for us that you would like for us to answer on air, you can always email us by going to hello at heelsdownmedia.com or you can post in our Facebook group, which is the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. If you want to hear more from us, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Brief, our daily email newsletter by going to bit.ly slash hdbrief. We want to say thank you to all of our partners this week, EcoGold, EIS, and SmartPack. And all right, guys, that's a wrap. Cheers. Cheers.